Good morning again. Good to be uh, up here again with you. Um, I bring greetings from my folks, from Pastor Scott and Megan. This morning they are in the first church that I remember as a kid, Community Covenant Church in East Bridgewater, which is where my dad served um, from like the late 80s, early 90s. And uh, they're taking a little East Coast vacation. Uh, just arrived in Massachusetts last night, and uh, East Bridgewater is in the Boston area, and they're uh, worshiping with um, old and new friends uh, in uh, in East Bridgewater this morning. So uh, they all they say hello to you all. Well, uh, we are talking about heavy things this morning, um, about burdens. And I've been thinking about um, heavy things this week. Uh, uh, the other day, I was with the boys in the backyard, and I noticed that our neighbor had put out a refrigerator on the curb. This is just something I love about Naperville. Um, it's just like all the random stuff that ends up out on the curb. And then inevitably someone comes and takes it away. And sure enough, within about half an hour, maybe even less, a guy with a pickup truck, you know, a scrapper guy drove up. Uh, and uh, I, I said, boys, look, that guy is going to figure out how to put that refrigerator on the back of his truck all by himself. Do you think he can do it? And we watched him, and sure enough, he kind of shuffled things around in the back of his truck. He moved the fridge to just the right spot, and all by himself, he, he tipped it up and, and tipped it all the way on its side, got it all the way on the back of that pickup truck, and drove away with a, a fridge free for the taking. Uh, we were very impressed. We were very impressed. Uh, we find ourselves impressed by people who can, who can lift heavy stuff, uh, who can carry big burdens. In fact, in my research this week about yolks, the, uh, not the egg variety, I learned that there's a strength-building exercise called the yoke walk. And I know some of you are, are bodybuilder types. And here's a picture. This is a, a competition, apparently. I, um, if, I, if my Googling uh, uh, led me to the correct information, the current world record is like over 1,200 pounds. Someone uh, walked, I don't know, for 10 seconds with, with that over their shoulders. Okay, that is not the yoke that Jesus offers. Okay, but I'm getting ahead of myself. We are impressed by the physical strength that some people have. But if we're honest, you know, we often are also impressed by the people in our lives and in our world who can carry so many things and seemingly balance them all at the same time, aren't we? You know who I'm talking about, those people who seem to just do it all. They do it all, and our culture kind of celebrates them. They're the ones whose books we usually read. Uh, They're the ones whose TV shows we watch. Uh, The ones who can do it all. You know, like the student who plays a varsity sport, volunteers regularly somewhere like loaves and fishes, uh, sings in the choir, has an Etsy shop where they, you know, make personalized caricatures, just a side business, all while they're also getting straight A's in school and surely getting into every college they applied to, right? Or, or the guy who, um, you know, he, uh, he leads his kid's Boy Scout troop. He mows his parents' lawn every week. Uh, he keeps up a photography blog and a super witty Twitter feed. Uh, and uh, he also is training for his third triathlon and, you know, maintaining a very successful career. He's doing it all. And women especially like to think that we can do it all. And we look at the woman who's uh, coaching her kid's team, uh, serving on the PTA, keeps a perfectly decorated house where she hosts a weekly Bible study, publishing her second book, surely about 
managing it all and finding happiness and doing what you love, right? <laughs> okay, I don't actually know anyone like that. Uh, but you know, you know the type in your life. That's a slight exaggeration. Uh, but you know the ones who are crazy busy. And while you don't uh, really want their exhaustion, you can't help but be a little bit envious or at least impressed by all the stuff that they can get done. Or maybe that crazy busy person who's trying to do it all is you. I read an interview um, uh, with Brene Brown recently. Maybe some of you are familiar with Brene Brown. She's a, an author, a, a scholar, professor, speaker. She had a YouTube video that went uh, crazy viral back in 2010 called The Power of Vulnerability. I highly recommend it. Um, and she's published a handful of popular books since then. And one of the things that Brene Brown talks about and writes about is how we view, in our culture and society, we view exhaustion as a status symbol. <laughs> And we often find our self-worth in our productivity. And a lot of her writing is to kind of counter against that. Um, I read an interview with her where she talks about this idea of being crazy busy as a way that we numb ourselves from what's really going on around us. And I just wanted to read to you a few of her words. She says, What a lot of us do is that we stay so busy and so out in front of our life that the truth of how we're feeling and what we really need can't catch up with us. It's like those moving walkways at the airport. You've got to really pay attention when you get off them because it's disorienting. And when you're standing still, you become very acutely aware of how you feel and what's going on in your surroundings. A lot of our lives are getting away from us while we're on that walkway. Now, I don't know if this resonates with any of you, but if it does, Jesus wants to invite you to get off the moving walkway. He wants to invite you to take an honest look at your exhaustion, to take an honest look at any burden that you are carrying uh, that is getting out in front of you so you can't actually see what's going on and let it go so you can walk with him. At his pace. Jesus gives us in Matthew 11 this incredible invitation. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Come to me. That's Jesus' invitation uh, to us. Uh, that'll be a, our focus today, and I just want to take a minute uh, to pray. Would you pray with me? Jesus, already we hear those words of invitation from you, and uh, it stirs something in us. It stirs something in us. And Lord, I just pray that you would send your spirit now to do your work, uh, that uh, your words would be loud and clear to each one of us this morning. You know that we could have a, 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 an individualized message for each one of us and what this means to us. And so I just pray, Lord, that you would use me uh, to speak some bit of truth into uh, each person's life right now. Jesus, there are so many teachers in this world, but you are the only one uh, that we want to follow. And so help us to understand your word to us. Amen. 
Now, to step back briefly and look at the context in Scripture uh, where this invitation comes, Jesus makes this invitation uh, uh, to come to him after quite a bit of discussion about those who have received Jesus, those who, who, who get it, who, who can wrap their minds around what he's doing, those who have seen and believed, versus those who haven't repented, haven't turned towards him, those who still don't get it those whose hearts are too hard to really receive him. Now, this is another one of those themes that is kind of woven through Matthew's gospel, the theme of different responses that people have to Jesus, the different responses that people have when they hear the good news of the kingdom of God. And we'll see it over the next few weeks with those farming stories, uh, some of the different parables. And if you read all the way through the next few chapters of Matthew, you'll see uh, the different responses that people have to Jesus and to his kingdom. Jesus says that uh, some people look, but they don't actually see. Do you know anyone like that? Were you driving behind someone like that today? Jesus says that some people hear, but they don't actually understand. It goes in one ear and out the other. Some people's hearts have become too hardened to receive the good news about Jesus. And you see, God is showing the world something new with the coming of Jesus Christ. And some people are just too focused on themselves or, the, or something else to actually see the opportunity before them. And if you've got your Bibles open, I know our kids already do. Why don't the grown-ups join them? <laughs> Can you find Matthew chapter 11? Uh, or if you're like me, open up your favorite Bible app on your phone or whatever device you have. If you look at the beginning of Matthew chapter 11, you'll see that one of the celebrities of Matthew's gospel, John the Baptist himself, even he isn't totally sure what to make of Jesus. He's sitting in jail and he sends his disciples to go ask, is Jesus really the Messiah that was promised to us or do we need to keep waiting for someone else? Even John the Baptist isn't quite sure. In verses 20 to 24, directly preceding the passage that uh, Sid read for us, Jesus rails against Chorazin, Bethsaida, and Capernaum. It's one of those passages we kind of like to skip over because it has town names we don't recognize, and it's talking about woes and unrepentant towns. And... But Jesus is pointing out these three towns, and, and, and it says, Matthew says, these are the towns in which most of Jesus' miracles had been performed. And Jesus rails against them because time and time again, they've seen the power of God on display in Jesus' miracles of, of healing people, of casting out demons, of, of forgiving sin, of restoring sight to the blind. Jesus, uh, the, Jesus has given people the opportunity time and time again to, to see God's power on display, and yet so many of them still don't get it. They're still too occupied with their own lives to turn towards Jesus. And so Jesus says, uh, it's going to be easier for the pagan towns like Tyre and Sidon. Those are the places that didn't really get to see quite as much action. It's going to be easier for them on the day of judgment than it will be for you because you had so many opportunities. Some people get it, some people don't. 
in verses 25 and 26, Jesus gives us this little uh, bit of his conversation with God. Every once in a while, Jesus just likes to pray out loud and let us know how he talks to his Father. And he thanks God. He thanks God that he's kept this truth hidden uh, from these people who think that they are so wise and smart and that they know so much. And very likely, they're also very busy and exhausted. Jesus thanks God that he's kept uh, these things from the wise and learned, and instead, God takes pleasure in revealing his truth to little children, to little children, those who are vulnerable those who are dependent on others. Once again, Jesus is lifting up and pointing out the little ones as an example. Because little children haven't learned to impress the world with their busyness yet. Although I imagine at a certain age, they start to learn from the people they're watching. Little children haven't learned uh, exhaustion as a status symbol. And if they're busy with anything, it's just wondering at the world that God has put them in. If they're busy with anything, it's just playing and playing and playing some more. And it's time to go now, kids. (laughs) God takes pleasure in revealing himself and his truth to those who aren't preoccupied with how smart and busy And put together, they are. And it's in this context that Jesus gives this beautiful invitation. And I love that when Jesus, he kind of has these words of judgment. But then he turns around and says, Come to you, come to me all, all who are weary, all who are burdened. Yes, I spoke these words of judgment, but I'm going to give you a second and a third and a fourth and a fifth chance to come to me, to find rest. Come and learn from a different kind of teacher. Follow this new kind of rabbi who doesn't focus on all the things that you have to do perfectly, correctly all the time, but focuses on this relationship this walking together. Because you see, as Jesus looked around him, he saw that there were many people who thought that they knew just how to get to God. They knew how to get to God by knowing the law inside and out, following it perfectly, steering clear of anyone that seemed unclean or, or unworthy. They could get to God through diligent study and public zeal. Nice and uh, perfectly said public prayers and all that stuff that we heard about in the Sermon on the Mount. But instead of finding God's blessing through all that busy activity, many of those people have found it to become a burden, a barrier to relationship with Jesus. And Jesus points this out to us. You know, he's not particularly impressed with our industriousness or our productivity. Yes, he wants to see his kingdom advanced through uh, the choices that we make. He wants to see us use the gifts and abilities that he's given. He wants to see us serve and give and, and love our neighbors, but never to the point where we lose sight of him. Never to the point where we think that we have it all figured out. 
and we forget our utter dependence on God. And so Jesus says, Come to me, all you who are burdened and exhausted from all that you're trying to do. I wonder what for you are are the burdens or the barriers that keep you from an authentic connection with Jesus. You might be busy with things that actually do keep you connected with Jesus. Jesus isn't necessarily describing a life that is just purely idle uh, and and pure retreat. Uh, Sabbaticals end, right? (laughs) They come to an end. Um, You could be busy with things that connect you to Jesus, and hopefully they should not feel like a burden. The burdens I think that Jesus wants to look look at and cast off are those that keep us from connecting with Jesus. What wearies you so much that you are numb to your relationship with God? I read the transcript of a sermon that John Stott, a very famous English preacher and scholar, he preached on this passage, and he called it the greatest invitation ever made. I just wanted to read a little bit of it to you. He said, The very first step to take towards Jesus Christ is a frank and humble admission that we need him. Nothing keeps people away from Jesus Christ more than our arrogance and our unwillingness to acknowledge that we need him desperately. Nobody else can do that but Christ, for he is the supreme burden bearer. He bore our burden when he died on the cross. Some people try to make it complicated, becoming engrossed in the externals of religion. They come to church to be baptized. They come to the bishop to be confirmed. He was an Anglican. They come to a pastor to to seek counsel. They come to everything and everybody except the one who invites them to come, Jesus Christ. It's possible, Stott says, to come to all those other things and never come to Christ himself. Don't stumble over the simplicity of his invitation. Like Kayla was saying, Jesus is the answer. Wake up in the morning and say, I need Jesus today. It's the greatest invitation ever made. Jesus invites us to to lighten up, to unload our burdens, and, and to learn from him to walk with him. Uh, As a kid, I had this tape of Christian uh, songs. Uh, Some of it were older hymns. Some of them were contemporary songs. (laughs) And uh, I I would listen to this tape at night, especially when I was going to sleep. I like to listen to music when I was going to sleep. And I had this little you know, alarm clock thing that I would put my tape in. And there was one song that I just especially remember uh, sitting in my room in the evenings and, and listening to it. And uh, it was Cast All My Cares. Do you remember this one? I'm going to try to sing it here. Um, I cast all my cares upon you. You can join me. (laughs) I lay all of my burdens down at your feet. And any time I don't know what to do. I will cast all my cares upon you. 
anyone listen to that back in the 90s? Okay. <laughs> that song, uh, as I was kind of turning into a teenager, I think, at the time, was such a gift to me because I was starting to learn all the things that I should be worrying about and all the things that I should be busy with. And I was even learning how to be a Christian and, and finding that struggle of, of wanting to read my Bible every day and pray every day and, and do the things that God wanted me to do, but then also trying to figure out how that didn't become a, a burden and something that made me feel guilty all the time. And I still think of that song often with many different kinds of burdens and cares. I'm pretty sure its words are inspired by Psalm 55:22, which are um, definitely good life verses to remember. Um, a, a good life verse to remember: Cast your cares on the Lord, and He will sustain you. He will never let the righteous be shaken. And 1 Peter 5:7 kind of echoes that, saying, "Cast your anxieties," or the Old King James says, "Cast your cares on Him, because He cares for you." Uh, this is a theme that we see elsewhere in Scripture that God is strong enough to carry our burdens. He is strong enough to handle what we think we need to carry on our own. And sometimes when I'm praying for someone else, when I've been in a situation, I often find myself almost wishing I could just actually lift the burden off of their shoulders and just hand it over to God and let him carry it with his strength. Jesus invites us to come to him and to lighten up to look at those burdens, look at those things that uh, we've become consumed by and just hand them over to him. He can handle it. He can carry it. Lighten our load a little. Perhaps on a more practical note, I think of garage sale with a purpose as a great opportunity to lighten up a little bit, right? I mean, that's what Danae was just talking about, of, of, of finding that all of her stuff had become a burden, is that right? <laughs> to become a burden. And, and this summer is a great opportunity to maybe look at your closets, look at your toy bins, look at your, your kitchen uh, cabinets and go, has some of this stuff become a burden for me? And lighten up a little bit. Bring it to that classroom. Fill it up. And maybe it can become a blessing to someone else. Jesus wants us to lighten up so we can focus on following him more and to learn from him. He uses this image of, of the yoke, and um, Pastor Diana showed those two different images, and you know, scholars kind of debate whether uh, Jesus is talking about the yoke that connects two animals together, and it's like we're yoked with Jesus, walking with him, because there's certainly places in scripture that talk about being yoked with an unbeliever or, or that kind of thing. Um, and some scholars say, no, he's probably talking about the yoke that you put on your shoulders because it's, it's about a burden uh, that you're bearing. Um, and elsewhere, uh, later on, rabbis would talk about the law as a, a yoke that you would carry in kind of more that human yoke sense. I think we really can take it either way. It's maybe a little more likely that Jesus was talking about that, that human yoke because um, it is a, a weight on your shoulders. It's intended to ease the weight a little bit. Uh, and yet uh, Jesus, in this um, strange and cool Jesus way, said, I'm going to put this weight on your shoulders, but it's actually not going to weigh anything at all. I want you to walk with me. I want your burden to be uh, what I'm about, and that's grace and love and freedom through me. 
Jesus invites us to learn from him, to take his yoke upon us and walk with him. He is our teacher. He's this this new rabbi who invites us to follow him and learn how to do life with him. Eugene Peterson uh, paraphrases Matthew eleven twenty eight to 30 this way. And I think we have it up on the screen. It says, Are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Now, I know there's some of you who have read and studied Sharon Garlow Brown's book, Sensible Shoes. Raise your hand if you have. That passage maybe is familiar to you from, or that that wording of that passage uh, might be familiar to you from that book. Um, it's a book about uh, a handful of different women who respond to a flyer uh, where they see advertised a, a, a class, a group, a gathering uh, called a Sacred Pathways Journey, something like that. And on this flyer advertising uh, this group are these words, and it catches uh, their attention. And each person in the book is tired and exhausted from something, whether it's working too hard or uh, ignoring grief in their life um, or thinking they can do everything perfectly or struggling with guilt and shame that has led to difficult relationships uh, with others and with themselves. Each woman is struggling with something different, is tired and worn out and burned out in some different way, and they respond to this invitation and begin to learn the unforced rhythms of grace, which is a really beautiful way to talk about um, spiritual disciplines, the ways that we make space in our life to connect with God, the ways that we make space, uh, perhaps with a regular habit, to see where God might show up and speak to us in our lives. Spiritual disciplines can look a lot of different ways in different stages of life. I would say right now my most, most faithful spiritual discipline is making sure I kiss my kids before I go to bed and pray a simple prayer trusting them to God each night. I'd like to be doing a lot more spiritual disciplines in my life, but I think that one thing is makes, it, makes a difference for me and how I stay connected to God. And I'm sure for you, um, uh, there are different disciplines that might not look uh, the way uh, you would expect but create space in your life for God to show up, to be walking with Jesus, to respond to that invitation to come to him every single day, come just as you are, to cast his, your burdens, your cares on him, and to walk with him. So in closing, uh, on the back of my outline here, there's just a few different questions uh, for you to reflect on today as you think about Jesus' words here in Matthew 11. I want to challenge you to think, how can you this week respond to Jesus' invitation? Or perhaps this summer, is there something uh, that you uh, can, can do in your life out of grace, not out of guilt, uh, 
to respond to Jesus' invitation to come to him, to set your burdens aside, to walk freely with him? Is there some kind of busyness or burden in your life that is keeping you from connecting with him? Find someone to talk to about it. Start writing about it in a journal or, um, or, or praying about it in a newly intentional way. You will always find that Jesus has open arms for you when you come to him. I talked about the, the spectrum that Jesus mentions of the wise and learned who are missing Jesus and the little children. Perhaps it would be an interesting exercise for you to think about where you are on that spectrum. Are you a little more focused on your own knowledge and wisdom than you are on vulnerability and dependence on God? And what might you do to shake that up in your own life? And perhaps you're in a great place Um, Perhaps you have wonderful spiritual rhythms where you connect with God. You have uh, dealt with burdens and released them, given them to God, and I praise God for that. So maybe a question for you to consider is, how can you bless the burdened? How can you become a a listening ear, a, a, a fellow burden bearer with someone in your life? Jesus invites us to come, to come to him, with all that we are and all that we're carrying and let him carry it for us and take on his ways and his love. Let's pray. Jesus, I pray for my brothers and sisters in this room, young and old, new in their faith, or those who've been walking with you for a long time. You know the ups and downs of our journey with you and how different life experiences, different uh, uh, things that just come upon our path tend to turn our focus in a different direction. And we want to stop and say thank you for your invitation to us. We don't want to miss it. I pray for each person here that your words would ring true to them wherever they are at, that you would enable them to respond to you, to come to you yet again or perhaps for the first time, and to find freedom, to find lightness, to find rest. We pray this in your holy name. Amen.